This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Now, what should we tell very young children when there's a baby on the way? My guest now is Hannah Davison, co-founder and author of The Big Moments, series of personalised books for children aged two and up. One of the series, Baby on the Way, is a picture book for children which doubles as a guide for parents to help prepare siblings-to-be for the new addition to the Fano. Hannah joins me by Sculp from Culverton in Morena. Morena, how are you? I'm well, thank you. So what's the story behind this Big Moment series? Well, there's a bit of a story behind the My Big Moment series. So myself and uh, co-founder Flicker Williams, we were having a very honest conversation with one another a few years ago, just as new mums, about um, the experience of trying to guide these little people through big events in their early life. And we were talking about how we actually often felt quite isolated and overwhelmed by the prospect of that. You know, we sort of hoped that when we had a baby that an operator's manual might pop out at the same time, and of course it doesn't. Um, and so that feeling of, of inadequacy as a parent when you are trying to do the most important job of your life was something that really got to us. And we thought we want to do something to help other people in the same situation. And so a co-author, you and Flicker, who does what? So Flicker is um, in charge of the design and logistics. She's the official cat wrangler, and um, I'm the author of the books and also create a lot of the um, social content as well. Yeah, but there's we've got we've got a bigger team too. We've got an illustrator, Marco Palmieri, who's based in Melbourne, and, and a creative um, director as well, who's based in Tasmania. So we're all over the place. Now, these books are personalised, so that means that the child's name, when they're ordered, you you put a child's name in there, and and so the book is as if it's talking to them. Is there something special about having the name? Does it make a difference as to how the messages are are taken on board and how the child receives it? Yes, it does. So um, when the child goes into the book, the uh, the person who's creating the book for the child can put in their name and an avatar, so a character that looks like that child, when they're in there, uh, we actually did a bit of research and there's been a um, study conducted by Dr. Natalia Kursakova. She looked at what happened with the brain when children um, encountered personalised material and it actually creates deep cognitive engagement in the brain. So their um, their brain will really light up every time they come across something that's personalised for them. And that means that they can actually recall and take on board the information that, they are, that they're encountering. It also means that when there is um, new vocabulary that helps them explain or understand these situations, that they can have that. So they've actually got words in the bank that they can use to express themselves and talk about their experience that they're having, especially if it's one that's new for them. So what is the mission? Obviously, your books cover a whole lot of important times, grief and loss, but there's getting a new sibling. So this is designed for single children who are getting their first new sibling. Uh, It is, although not necessarily. I mean, any new sibling that comes along, it can be relevant for that because what happens is we've got a main character, Perry, and the situation happens to Perry because that's a less confronting way for a child to encounter a a big event. Their friend, who's a personalised child, will come along and they help Perry with strategies and ideas and activities to help him um, understand this event and engage with it and um, have some ownership over that new baby coming into his family. So they're, 
that child that's personated is, is actually in a really confident and empowered position as they're helping Perry with all their good ideas through that experience. So it means that the book's not limited to any particular family situation or any particular family setup. It can be relevant to any child. Is, is that a catch? It sounds like this is a classic um, message yeah. you're putting in the book. It's like, you know, when you're distracted, something demands your attention immediately, in this case a cat. But what's the sort of advice you give to parents? Because, you know, that's a classic one, isn't it? It's things like breastfeeding when the, the child, um, you know, is taking up time with the mother and, and the other one is feeling left out and, and starts getting up to mischief. Yeah, that's right. So breastfeeding is a tricky one, especially if you've got a, you know, a toddler around your feet as well. But um, we, I mean, we've got lots of ideas in the back of the books to help parents um, with different ways that they can smooth the road, the road ahead. Um, with breastfeeding, we suggest having um, a different set of toys or activities that are brought out especially for that time that's new and interesting um, for the elder child. So that's something that can take their attention. Uh, and also when, um, you know, that, that child's just had their whole life disrupted by having to share their parents with another child. Um, but prioritising quality time with the eldest child is really important to do once the baby is fed and settled but still present because you want that child to think, you know, life's pretty good when the baby's around, not just when they're tucked away in their bed. So that's a couple of ideas, but we've got, you know, a lot of ideas in the back of the book to help parents. Um, I think, you know, with um, with toddlers, a lot of their feelings, they're, they're emotional beings. And, you know, sometimes the depth and expression of those emotions can actually be really challenging for us as parents to bear. Um, but it's really important that they just feel seen and heard and that those feelings are acknowledged. Um, they're very, very real for that child. And with their, with their small frame of reference for what they've experienced in their life, having this interruption and disruption of this new baby, as exciting as it is for everyone else, is a massive event for them. And so while those emotions might seem moderately large, we have to accept and acknowledge that that's, very, that's a very real experience for that child and we need to validate that. Um, and that really helps them to, that helps to calm the brainstem as those feelings are acknowledged and validated. Your advice starts before the child arrives, though, doesn't it? That you, you need to alert children to what's happening and perhaps take them on the journey with you a little bit? Yeah, that's right, because what, what we didn't realise and what we learnt along the way, that sometimes those physical changes happening to mum and around the home go unnoticed in the older children. So it's part of engaging them in that process. And also when you talk about having a baby, you talk about the family is having a baby, not just mum and dad having a baby, because what you want is for them to gain some sense of ownership and agency over the experience and to be really engaged and involved. And it also means, you know, you can help that you can get them to help set up the nursery or choose some new clothes or draw some pictures to decorate the nursery so that they're really involved in that process as well. And some of the messages in here, like have someone to look after them during the birth, I would have thought that was, you know, unless people are obviously struggling with family, that that was a, a given that there would be something organised so that when when the mother, the parents were to have to maybe, if it was a home birth, be get involved with that or, or maybe go to a hospital, that there would be somebody there for the other child. But is that not always the case? Well, I think the key thing that we're trying to get across here is that that person um, that uh, is going to be looking after that child should be someone that they're really familiar with, someone that they really trust and can settle with, um, who can help them stay to their usual routines. And so that way, you know, when they're parted from their parents, if that's a situation, they feel really secure in that, um, in that environment and with that person. 
sometimes people, I suppose, struggle to have that support network around. Was it something you thought about when you were writing the book, that there's obviously a, a perfect environment, but when it comes to maybe getting new toys or maybe having that support, you know, people struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes it's not about, um, we have to think about things quite creatively. And and one thing with this is, you know, there is so much in the preparation. And if, if that support network isn't there, then it's time to sort of engage in ways that you can build that support network around you or reach out to places that can help and people that can advise you what to do in that situation. And with new toys, you know, we suggest that the eldest um, child could give the new baby a special toy. But, you know, these things don't have to be new. There's amazing things that you can pick up at secondhand stores. They often just have to be different. You know, when you see your child playing with their friend's toys, um, how much interest they have in those just because they're different, you know. So, yeah, there's definitely creative ways to think about things, but also preparation is key and just figuring out what resources you have available to you and seeing where there's gaps where you maybe need to look at how you can fill that. I loved reading your, your number six point on your list of 12 tips to parents. It has um, have a gift for them from their new big brother or have a gift for, um, well, it was a gift from the big brother or sister. But I wonder, do you also suggest a, a gift from the baby? Because I remember obviously a long time ago there was a gift from my younger brother when he came home from hospital and I was obviously just difficult and said, how did he get to the shops? But um, So is it a, a reciprocal that there can be gift giving from children on both sides? Yes, most definitely, most definitely. So number six, we actually suggest that the um, the baby gives the eldest child a gift, and we certainly did this in our family, and um, our eldest child never forgot the bike that he got from his sister. It was absolutely genius. Um, and that's, you know, because it's a big deal becoming a, a big brother or a big sister. And, you know, we say in the book it's a very important job. And like some of the kids that have received the books, you know, when they're talking about um becoming a big brother with a big sister, they're repeating those words. It's a very important job. And so that needs to be acknowledged as well. Another thing I must just leap in, as a, as a mother of twins, I was always very relieved that my twins were first and then I had another child second because I can imagine for a singleton being followed by twins or, or triplets, you know, devastating to their sense of themselves on some occasions, not badly, but it's just, you know, knocking them off their perch. To have have two children, two new babies arrive in the household, or three new babies, must be extraordinarily difficult for a small person to deal with. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine. It'd be completely overwhelming. And I imagine just having one single baby coming um, into the house would be quite overwhelming. And, you know, and it it makes you realise that time when you actually get that you know, that one-on-one time with that child is really, really precious and um, and making that time just a quality time. And, you know, something we learned from Nathan Wallace was that it doesn't have to be an enormous quantity of time when you have special time with, with one child. It's the quality of time, that really full focus time, no technology, and where they get to lead the activity that they're doing, where it's a child-led activity and adult-supported activity. So I think, you know, prioritising that special time with that eldest child, if their world has just been turned upside down, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but it's important that it happens. And your number 12 point is stay positive and confident. You talked about the, you know, the inception of this whole series was when you were talking with your friend about the difficulties of it. You know, it's a, such a difficult time, isn't it? You know, exhaustion and difficulties with, with maybe with breastfeeding or with sleeping. And how do you stay positive and confident and do all 12 points well when you're, you know, <laughs> desperately struggling and you've been up all night and had about three and a half hours sleep? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I always, um, personally, I just go by the 80-20 rule with parenting. You know, 80% of the time, you're just trying to do the best job you can, and 20% of the time, you're just a human being. You can't do everything right, and you're not going to do everything right. And I think, you know, as I've gone along, I've realized that you have to have a lot more self-compassion and acceptance for yourself, for the mistakes that you make, because that's going to happen. And it's okay for kids to see mistakes, and it's okay for make, to make mistakes. Um, but you've got to accept that it happens, and you've got to give yourself some forgiveness and some leniency for that as well. Um, yeah, it, it's staying positive and confident is, is a lot about having a good support system in place, and this is a real resiliency factor. And, you know, so reaching out when you need help, taking a break when you need help, um, having some good practices around self-care and well-being and prioritizing those when you can. Because, um, you know, they say nothing can prepare you for motherhood or parenthood. And it's absolutely right. You know, nothing will push you as far to the brink, I don't think, um, especially mentally when you're dealing with sleep deprivation. There's a lot of effects on the brain. Um, in that scenario. So, you know, having that support network is really important. Looking after yourself is really important. And just making it a practice of being aware of the way that you speak, even when things are tough, because that forms how you're going to remember um, that time in your life. And that shapes the, um, it affects the, the lens in which you view your life and your history. Um, so I think those things those things are really important. But one thing that we do with my big moments on our um, on our social media is as we've gone along, we've realised that things that really connect to people are where we're actually helping the parents themselves. You know, not just how things are going to affect their kids and what they can do to help their kids, but how they can help themselves. So um, that's something that we you know we share a lot of ideas and strategies through the books. But, you know, we can really speak directly to parents on deeper issues um, through our social media as well. And we're really enjoying that, engaging that way with our audience. And as you say, that must be so important because, you know, in that sleep deprived state and you can, you know, have a list of things that you know you ought to do. But there's that sort of guilt that you're never doing everything you could for your child. Yeah. And we've got to we've got to get over the guilt thing because guilt's not going to help anybody, you know, and guilt is really just not accepting yourself for your own humanity and what you're capable of and not capable of. And there's some days, you know, you're not capable of getting out of your pyjamas. It happens, you know, <laughs> that's just motherhood. Um, and there's a there's a huge element there where I think we've, we've come to be able to control our environments and our experiences so much, and then you become a parent with a newborn, and, you know, every day is different, and anything can happen, and you might be doing it on a couple of hours sleep and you kind of have to learn how to go with the flow and let go of the expectations that you have for yourself and for others and just take each day as it comes I remember when I was um you know there were there were two mantras that really kept me going when I had a newborn and one was um tomorrow's another day <laughs> tomorrow's another day I can't think what the other one was now but that you sounds know, like a good um, one to stick to phase. yeah everything's a phase tomorrow's another day those are the two that, that really got me through. You know, in the end of the day, so long as you're healthy and well and your child is healthy and well and you've got some good time together, that's really all that matters in those early days. So as much as this book is designed, you know, for the, for the little person who needs to be taken through the journey and be prepared for the arrival of a new baby, there's also a journey really, isn't there, for the parents as well? Because looking after, if it's just been your single one child, you know, you've got it all structured, you've got systems and routines, and the arrival of another one blows your world apart as much as it, as it does the, your, your first child. Yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does. And, you know, that's where that's where we come back to just 
um, being able to prepare yourself and your family as best you can and then, um, yeah, take it as it comes. Take it as it comes and, um, you know, and as it comes, take it because there's just, there's so many things that we can do and there's certain things that we can't be prepared for or have expectations over. And um, that's where those self-care practices and looking after your well-being really helps because it gives you more energy to adapt to new and changing situations. So that's all we can do. We can only do our best and, and our have, best is good enough. And say tomorrow is another day. That's right. Tomorrow is another day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been great to talk to you this morning. That's Hannah Davison, who's a co-founder and author of the My Big Moment series. And we were talking about the personalised books to prepare very young children for the arrival of a new sibling.